As they were eating, Jesus took bread after blessing it, broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body. He took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You know, we looked at this service, thinking about this service, uh, Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday, and what it's always about. What we especially do on this day is the Lord's Supper. And I thought maybe I wouldn't uh, preach on that since we're not able to have it in the normal way we usually can. But um, that would be silly because it's on everybody's mind. I think in our heads we're thinking exactly that. What's missing today that we usually and almost always do? It is gathering together as the family of God and enjoying this meal that Jesus told his people to keep on doing. The body and blood of Christ. Jesus present. A holy meal among the family of God. Maybe the most difficult thing of this pandemic, I don't want to say it's the most difficult, but it is, it is hard. And I think it's even a health problem is isolation and the social distancing and the quarantining, if that's a word, that we have to do. The separation that we have to suffer. People literally not being able to be with their loved ones as they are suffering in the hospital. Even if it has nothing to do with COVID-19, they can't go and see them. Funerals not even happening. A grandmother dying and not being able to be with her family. This is equally as devastating as the illness itself. And long-term isolation and desolation and loneliness, which has been an epidemic in America for quite some time, by the way is far deeper, more long-term health uh, implications than this pandemic. The beautiful thing about the Lord's Supper is, first and foremost, Jesus said to do it. It is his body and blood because he says so. To say otherwise is to call Christ a liar. And it gives forgiveness of sins. It gives us literally, if you were wondering whether or not Jesus promised if his death and the resurrection for you, if you thought it was a nice idea, but you didn't know if it was for you, this beautiful meal goes right on your lips. Jesus himself says, it's for you, you're eating it. You can't doubt it now. His forgiveness and his eternal life are yours. Isn't that awesome? How personal. You want a personal Jesus? You can't get more personal. You want an experience? You think you're going to find that out in nature and praising God and going fishing or whatever people say, right? Not saying that's a beautiful thing and you can get something out of that, but you want to experience God? Eat and drink the body and blood of Christ as he told us to do. 
That's a physical, spiritual, mental experience greater than anything you will ever experience. But also what's beautiful about this meal is that it's a reconciliation. And it's an end of isolation and separation. Because this meal is God inviting you not just to the outside of his castle. Not just to the servant quarters out there where you can serve as a creation and he's the creator. But he invites you to his own table, the table of the king. Because Christ has broken the barrier, the separation, that which separates us, our sins, paid the price, done, forgotten. God does not look upon us as sinners anymore. For those that believe in Jesus, it's gone. And he invites us to his own table to sit in his presence and not be killed or sent to hell. But in fact, a feast. That's the beautiful thing about the Lord's Supper. It is a party. Where the king is the host, God is hosting you and bringing you to him. Because that's what the cross is all about in the resurrection. Death is removed and sin is removed and we can stand in the presence of God. But it's not just reconciliation between you and God. It reverses everything about, about uh, the Garden of Eden. Because it also reconciles us to one another. That's what hurts us now. That we can't be together. And that's what hurts us now that we can't have communion. But we will, by the way, sooner than you think. Because <laughs> at some point we're just going to start doing it, my friends. We're going to start gathering. You see, sin separates us from God for sure. We take what's not ours, as Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden. But sin separates us from one another. Not just this illness, this pandemic. We might all come back, I'm sure we will soon. This isolation will end. We'll be hanging out and partying again, and etc. And the city will come back and people will be doing stuff together. That will happen, by the way. But the loneliness and the isolation and the desolation and the separation will continue. Invisible barriers put back up with our words and our deeds. We'll push people away and make them feel like they're nothing, like they don't belong in our circle, or like we're better than they are, or, or, or we think they're better than we are, and so we slink away. Those sort of things will continue. See, that's what we do. We do it really well. It doesn't matter if we have uh, the government telling us we have to quarantine and, and uh, shelter at home. That's what we do. We put up little bears and little fiefdoms, and we keep people out. We don't love and we don't share. And that beautiful thing about Jesus is he brings us back to him, but he also brings us back to one another. And the beautiful thing about a church is that it is a miraculous organization of people from all walks of life brought together, not because of common interests or styles or tastes or economic uh, levels, you know, or status in society, but because they're all recognize themselves as beggars at the table of God united and the mercy and the grace and the providence and the generosity of God in Jesus Christ. And we come together and we eat of the same meal. There's nothing more unifying than that. 
both us to God and to one another. And it's so sad we can't do that now. But, you know, maybe this is a good thing. Uh, what am I talking about? It is. God is using this for many aspects in your life, but especially for the church. Perhaps we need to be reminded to not be taking it for granted. The joy of gathering, of seeing and hugging and eating the body and blood of Christ together in unity. You know, I cannot stand it when someone says the ridiculous thing when it comes to taking communion. Uh, right now we take, we do communion once, twice a month. Um, the church always used to do it every time they got together. You know why they did it every time they got together? Because they didn't know if they'd get together again. And so when they got together, you almost always have the Lord's Supper because you're together and who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And so uh, at some point here at St. James, we're going to go to communion every Sunday. But oftentimes I'll hear this uh, reason of not to, and that is, Pastor, if we do it too often, we won't appreciate it. <laughs> well, do you appreciate it now? When a real circumstance occurs when you can't have it? I hope when we get back, you will be hungry for this meal every Sunday, and we would have learned to not take it for granted by having it all the time. Because who knows when we won't have it again. We think about feasts. We think about communion. It's not only a thing that is happening now. He's gathering us. I love the, uh, the um, liturgies of the early church. You'll see it in some of ours. Before they take communion, one of the famous prayers, they're all very similar. They're, very, they're different, but they're similar. And the theme is always this. Gather, God gathers his people from across the ends of the earth to the table. It's a constant theme. And we're going to be gathered that way soon. But also this meal is a future uh, preview of the day that's coming when Christ comes again in glory and sin is permanently removed from inside of us and death is too and will rise up again from the dead as Jesus has. And what will we be doing? We'll be gathering and having a feast together. We'll be no more social distancing, isolation or separation. We'll be hugging and enjoying because we'll not be afraid of fear anymore. We'll not be afraid of sin. We'll not be afraid of death anymore. What a glorious day that's going to be. And that day is coming too, sooner than you know. In Jesus' name, amen.